Hello and welcome to the NFL Blitz as we review week one of the NFL season. Welcome back. We're back to talk about the NFL and boy is it good. I have I've missed the NFL more this off season, I think, than I have in most off seasons. It's been quite weird for me. But thank the Lord it's back. I am so ready to talk about some football, especially because the Steelers won this weekend, that obviously helps. Anyway, welcome to the show today, I hope you're doing well, I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. Remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash the NFL Blitz to see where you can listen to this podcast, you can also listen to it there, but I trust that you know how to play a podcast, considering that you're listening to one right now. And remember to go to the Sports Blitz, just look at the Sports Blitz, for writing about the NFL and other sports, including in the dedicated NFL Blitz section, which you can find by going onto the menu at the top and clicking on the NFL Blitz. Anyway, let's go into the NFL Blitz then for the first time in the actual 2021 season. Joining me today, Will, hello. Woo! Always good to be back. Uh, Always good to have football back. I'm so happy. I was saying earlier that... I think I've missed football more this off-season than any other off-season. I don't know why, but I just, it's, I've missed it. I need it. Yeah. Thank the Lord we have it back. Right, let's go into the first game then, and let's start off with the Thursday night football. Dallas Cowboys 29, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31. The champions getting off to a winning start. Only just, though... Dallas, I know we don't like to talk about Dallas positively because they're awful and we hate them, but genuinely really good performance. Yeah, no, Dak passed for over 400 yards, continuing his streak, by the way, of 400 passing yard games, uh, which is just terrifying. But yeah, no, I mean, this was a surprisingly good game. You know, I I went in thinking that the Cowboys were going to get absolutely spanked by the Bucs, so, Mm. you know. Yeah. Take take them positives, but yeah, everything bar Ezekiel Elliott worked well. Ezekiel Elliott still looked bad, but I don't know how much I want to. I I thought I locked the Buccaneers by the way because we didn't do our previews last week. I locked the Buccaneers yeah. on the grounds that Zach Martin was out, and I thought the pass game's not going to get going. The run game will be completely non-existent, which which was true, but I was very very impressed with that. Press got through the ball fifty eight times, coming off a shoulder injury that happened in the preseason. So, yeah, I, I kept on waiting for him to get hurt. I was very mm, worried. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why. He looked strong, but Tom Brady, at age 44, also <sighs> looked ridiculously strong. 32 for 50, four, oh, sorry, 50 attempts, 32 completions, four touchdowns, two interceptions. By the way, one of them was an arm punt, so that doesn't really count. A uh, yeah. rating of 97. 44 years old, he's still doing it. And again, despite the fact that he's in his 22nd NFL season, people still don't seem to realise, don't give him the ball back with too much time left on the clock. I I just... I mean, this might also be a function of the fact that they couldn't really get the run game going. That might also be a function of the fact that the Bucks' run defence is really good. Yeah, that's but, true. you know, I, I think as well... You know, if you're not able to bleed the clock off that way and Dak is throwing all the time, it is kind of hard to to bleed down the clock like that. But, I mean, yeah, it it still continues to amaze. And I think the, the best moment is Tom Brady just getting a play in from uh, 
Brian Leftwich and then just being like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> and then just calling it on his own. Because, I mean, at this point, they probably have the same amount of experience, honestly. So, like... Yeah. Byron Leftwich it, played in significant, significantly fewer games in his career. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, is he younger? I think he was drafted after Tom Brady. Because he played for the Steelers uh, for a bit, Byron Leftwich. Anyway. Yes, he is. He is yeah. younger than Tom Brady by three years. And knew it. Uh, two years. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I know it's, it's funny to hear Dallas fans complain. I think we all enjoy it. Yeah. But was it offensive pass interference at the end of the game? <sighs> For me, it was. And, you know, I say that with Chris Godwin in my fantasy side. It, he, he, he shoves him. It's not like it's not Nicole Roby Coleman levels of blatant. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. that was defensive pass interference. This was offensive, but for me, it was pass interference. Maybe I just wanted an upset. I don't know. It was quite yeah. interesting. The Cowboys essentially, to to your point about bleeding the clock in the run game, they sort of looked at that Tampa front seven for most of the game and just went, "Yeah, we're not going to deal with that," and just went over them instead because they couldn't go under them, couldn't go around them, just go over them. Perfect. <laughs> By the way, Ezekiel Elliott, we should say as well, his longest run was 13 yards. If you take that out, he had 10 carries for 20 yards. I mean, look, I really can't uh, speak about running backs not producing <laughs> at the level you'd want them to. Oh, we'll get on to my team's game later. But yeah, it's it's not great. Hmm. Anyway, the Dallas Cowboys are 0-1, their second in the NFC East. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 1-0, their second in the NFC South. Cleveland Browns 29, Kansas City Chiefs 33. Woof. All right, I will admit I did not follow the outcome of this game as closely because I was in a lot of pain and watching my team get absolutely murdered at the time. That is but, understandable. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I left... And started watching the other game. The Browns were looking pretty good. It was a really, really good game, and Patrick Mahomes afterwards said they kind of felt like a, a conference championship game, and it, it really did. The Browns also actually was very similar to to the divisional round game they played in yeah. twenty in, in earlier in the year. I was going to say in twenty twenty one. They got off to a twenty two ten start. They looked really good that play to end the first half, where. They kind of just tried to laterally all around. That was quite funny. But they were genuinely the better side. It looked like they were going to run out to quite a comfortable victory. But then the second half starts. I think, was it... I think Nick Chubb had a fumble very early on in the second half. And at that point, you could feel the tide turning in the favour of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes had a wonderful game for the most part. He threw 337 yards, three touchdowns. Travis Kelsey played really well. That throw to Tyreek Hill which I think was when the score was 29-20. It was the first play after the Browns had gone nine points up. That was insane. Yeah. <laughs> that that was no, phenomenal. It was... it was just like one of them where he throws it just going, I know he's down there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just throw it yeah. up and hope for the best. No, and it's just one of those things that I guess kind of really makes me sad for a lot of AFC East teams because I feel like, you know, they were really hoping that with Brady out of the AFC, they'd be able to, 
you know, finally be able Freedom. to step into the light, there'd be some churn, and then Kansas City just steps up. Though I will say, given Patrick Mahomes' deal, which is remarkably team-friendly, I think a lot of the other good players on the team are either going to age out over the next two years or get too expensive for Kansas City to keep. Yeah. So if the Browns are kind of on the upswing rather than kind of the peak and that slow slide down to very good instead of championship contenders, then, uh, you know. Yeah. But then the Browns have that put. I think it was the first punt they had all game. It was with 8.41 to go in the fourth quarter. And they just screwed it. Uh, yeah. Dropped by the punter. I forgot his name, but, you know, I think he'll like that because we're talking about his blunder. So, you know, it's not that bad for him. That that was that was when it really felt like the Chiefs were going to win. But I think I think it's fair to say... Oh, by the way, that Travis Kowski touchdown as well. He spins around everyone. I think that was the final touchdown yeah. of the game. That was fantastic. I think it's fair to say the Browns have the best performance of any side that lost this week for me. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I don't know. I agree. Mm. And that Baker Mayfield interception at the end of the game, just unfortunate. To be yeah. honest, I, d- yeah. I don't blame him for that. I think even Tony Romo pointed out he's just trying to throw it out of bounds and yeah. whoever it was for defender got a, a late grab on him, caught him to throw it short. At first, when I when I first saw it, I thought it was, well, you know, Baker Mayfield has that tag of being a, a bit of a, a gunslinger being a bit of a Brett Favre for one of them, but it, it clearly wasn't. So, he'd, 68.3... Oh, no, that's a quarterback rating. Oh, choke passer rating. 97.5 passer rating. He had a he had a perfectly good game. It's not yeah. to complain about. Anyway, the Cleveland Browns are 0-1. By the way, it, it extends their winless streak on week one of the NFL season to 17 years now. So... That's yeah. good, but to yeah. be honest, they're playing the Chiefs, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's really not... It's not going to help. The so Cle- surprising. The Cleveland Browns are 0-1, their third in the AFC North. The Kansas City Chiefs are 1-0, they are f- second in the AFC West. By the way, of course, we have to mention it at some point, we might as well mention it now. All sides in the AFC West and NFC West won. So they're Thunderdomes this year. Yeah. Good luck to those sides. Anyway, Pittsburgh Steelers 23, Buffalo Bills 16. I'll be honest, when that opening kickoff happened and they returned it like to the 30, I was like, we've only just kicked off six six seconds into the season, lads. And we're already struggling. And the first half was really rough. The Steelers yeah. didn't get anything going. Defensively, they were playing relatively fine, but there was a few chances where, where the Bills were wide open. I particularly remember Cole Beasley, who has been dubbed yeah. Mr. Science on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Which I and really it's like. surprising, you know, given all the effort he's put into catching something, that <laughs> he hasn't managed to uh, catch some of those balls. But there was, like, there was one play, it was like third and 14. Yeah. And he was and, wide open past the first down. Yeah. I've always had this feeling the Steelers just don't know that you're meant to defend on third down. He was wide open. It, straight into his hands. Perfect throw from Josh Allen. He just dropped it. Yeah. But they, they took a 10-0 lead into the break for Buffalo Bills. So looking very strong. Uh, at that point, honestly, I just wanted Pittsburgh to get anything. Just any points will do at, at that moment. Because we're not scoring any other way. But then... The Steelers come out for the second half, and boy, were they considerably better. 
TJ Watt, by the way, he showed he's worth every single cent uh, of what they're paying him. That sack fumble start um, was really good. The, the defence, I should say, the defence kept Josh Allen to an average of 5.3 yards per attempt. Whew. Cameron Sutton, Trey Norwood, really good. The Steelers essentially won the second half 23-6. to That Chase Claypool catch for the third quarter, he was fantastic. Him and Deontay Johnson both had great games. Um, ben made some really good throws. He only had a pass rating of 83.9. But for the most part, that, that, that poor sort of rating came from the first half. The second half, he was much better. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen Pat Freemuth blocking Tredavious mm -hmm. White? Oh, yes. Yes, so I think he just, he yes. keep, Some say he's still pushing him to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't really know what to think about this game. I mean, the Bills just really couldn't get anything going offensively, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Like, yeah, the Steelers have one of the best defenses in the NFL right now, but, oh, that's kind of worrying, you know? I, I, I saw all the articles for Star of the Year saying... Josh Allen due for major regression. I was like, no. But, I mean, it, I don't think it was his fault. I think it was the offense around him. If we're going to talk about the failings of this Buffalo offense, it was his receivers. I don't think he did anything particularly bad. The defense looked good, though. They kept the Steelers to 16 points, of course. Seven points coming off that amazing blocked punt. by, And... I wish we had more people called something like this. Ulysses Gilbert the Third. Yeah, that's what a name. name. That is a name. Oh, I forgot to mention actually the Deontay Johnson catch to make it thirteen cents of Steelers. Personally, and I know I'm biased, my favourite catch of the week. That was that was some toe drag swag, is what that was. It was it was phenomenal. There are still problems for the Steelers. The run game in particular was just awful. But, I mean, that's been a theme over the last few years. But for the most part, you know, really positive. The Steelers were heavily disfavoured in this game. I think they were 10-point underdogs. And they put in a really good performance against a, a big rival in the FC to, to get off to a winning start. You couldn't ask for any more. I'm really happy with the Steelers side of the moment. More positive about the start to, to this season than I was last season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And uh, you have a chance to, next week, by the transitive property of beating a team, prove that you are indeed more adept than the Ravens. Yay! Oh, we're going to get on to them. The yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers are 1-0. and over, first in the AFC North. The Buffalo Bills are 0-1. They're third in the AFC East. Okay, let's talk about that game, Ben. And let's try and talk about things that aren't the Manning cast, but we're going to talk about the Manning cast. Because it's All right. Baltimore Ravens, 27. Las Vegas Raiders, 33. First thing I want to mention, obviously, it's the first time that the Raiders have had fans in their new stadium. It looked good. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really like the Legion Stadium, you know? Mm. Right, uh, flame. I know we saw it last year, yeah. but that was yeah. phenomenal. Well, I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was the Death Star. It's and for it, Death Star. It, it made people respect it. <laughs> we, we don't need to talk about anything before the fourth quarter in this game. As somebody who watched the whole 40-minute thing on, on Game Pass, we just don't need to. There was one play, Derek Carr. Do, do you remember the, the opening play of Super Bowl 48 where Manning just isn't looking and the, the, the snapper snaps the ball at the long, wrong time and it goes over his head? It was that. 
But yeah. apart from that, there was nothing of any interest before the fourth quarter of this game. And oh boy, what a fourth quarter that was. Josh Jacobs, really good one for a touchdown. It was 24-17 with three minutes 50 remaining. Daniel Carlson, 55-yard field goal to send it into overtime. Him and Justin Tucker both getting field goals to, to send it to OT. Th- then overtime happened. And overtime was weird. What a trip that was. I, um, uh, yeah. Yes, I agree. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can go on and describe exactly what happened. So the Raiders drive down the field, convert on an amazing throw by Derek Carr. You know, uh, I think it was Edwards who fights into the end zone, looks like a game-winning touchdown, so everything's over. You know, players start coming out in the field, shaking hands like Lamar's looking to someone to exchange jerseys with. You hear the ref in the background going, the game is not over. The game is not over. And then turns out the receiver was down before the ball went into the end zone. So they bring it back on, like, the half-yard line. Oh, but no worries. Half a yard, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So Derek Carr tries to uh, hit it on the uh, first down. Tries a quarterback sneak. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, he did, yeah. Yeah. Fails the quarterback sneak. Then on the second down... He hard counts, apparently, to get that extra quarter inch of distance necessary to really run that ball in. And Alex Leatherwood, their rookie O-lineman... First round pick as well. Yeah, moves on the hard count by mistake, causing a false start and a five-yard penalty. So now it's third and, like, six to go to the goal. So then they have to try a uh, third down pass, which they do to a wide-open receiver, but Derek Carr apparently does not know how to do anything with the ball other than sling it with maximum force because he zips it right through the hands of his receiver, bounces off the helmet of a Ravens defensive player, pops up in the air, and is intercepted. The Ravens go down the field until a third down where uh, Lamar Jackson gets sacked, ball pops loose, Raiders have it on, like, the 30-something line, I think. Yeah, Baltimore 33. Yeah, the Baltimore 33. They try for the first down. They don't get much. So they try, and Gruden's like, screw it. I trust my kicker. So he tries to bring on his kicker, but he can't find him. So it's too late. They have no timeouts left. So they take a delay of game penalty. And the kicker moves back five yards, so they bring the offense back on the field to try and make up the distance. And then Derek Carr finds an open receiver and goes into the end zone and wins the game. By the way, we should say, first of all, it was Carl Nassib who, who sat Lamar Jackson, obviously the news for coming yeah. out. Uh, but it, it was, they were on the 31-yard line. Most teams would kick from the 31-yard line, but but yeah. John Gruden goes, nah, you know, we'll just pass it. And then he finds... Who was it? Zay Jones. In all yeah. of the space in the universe. Yeah. I mean, he's even... just... Yeah. And we'll talk about the Manning cast, because obviously it's the best thing ever, but Russell Wilson was on it at that point. It was going, wait, how was he that open? Why yeah. did Marlon Humphrey just stop yeah. running? It's yeah. like, I, and I, like, I don't care anymore. I don't know if you saw, but there was a decent post-up right now about uh, Marlon Humphrey earlier, who had an uncalled, uh, pretty dirty hit on Hunter Renfro. So, I mean, I feel all the 
schadenfreude in the world at that point at that <laughs> point just you know yeah it, it is an interesting point though because the ravens last year had one of the best defenses in the nfl they, yeah. they they were up there in Rams and Steelers territory. This was not that defense. This was incredibly bad. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, very unfortunate. I do sometimes wonder if, like, Derek Carr is kind of starting to reach Matt Stafford territory where people recognize that he's a really good quarterback on, like, a yeah. not great team. Or, I don't even know, with the Raiders, it's just been, like, the perfect level of mediocre to where they just slip in and out of your memory like a greased pig. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like... Like, they always start well, mm. and then they have some wins, and then this has happened twice now on the podcast, where we're like, oh, like, the Raiders are a really good team. Like, we should predict them to, like, beat this tough opponent that they're going yeah. to have. And then they lose, and then it starts the late-season collapse, and they never make the playoffs. Yeah, but it was surprising listening back to the episodes last year because I'd forgot about the Raiders like everyone else. Yeah. We were all going, yeah, I'm really hounding the Raiders. And, yeah. and then they just faded it. Yeah. As, 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 yeah. Like, as per usual. I, and I'm going to make an, a reference to the Overwatch League now, but the, like the Toronto Defiant, where they just... They have some good players, but it they just... I, I don't care about them. They never do anything interesting. Fair enough. They're the user there. economy cactus on Reddit said after last night's game, this was last night from when we we're recording, Lamar Jackson has not thrown for over 250 yards in his last 17 games, tying Cordell Stewart for the fourth longest streak since 2000. I love a good Cordell Stewart reference. Yeah. Yes. I have to say, though, that worries me. It, it, it worries uh, me as well. Everyone was talking about how Lamar's... Year. Uh, is has he not already signed an extension? If not, then yeah, this is his contract year, and he really needs to start showing that he's more dimensional. Because I mean, this is this has been the Ravens' issue: is that they've been a very good team, but like once Plan A stops working, they don't really seem able to shift to Plan B. Yeah. Like once they get stalled out, they can never really like find another gear and keep the car moving forward, like, the wheels just fall off, and they just kind of lay there. Mm. Even more worrying for Baltimore, though, than Lamar Jackson over defense was me, for me was the O-line. And this is where I get to gloat, because <laughs> when when yeah. the Steelers lost Alejandro Villanueva, all of the yeah. Ravens fans were going, ha, we poached one of your best players from you, ha, this, ha. He was dreadful. According yeah. to Pro Football I mean, Focus, the pressure still... rate on Lamar Jackson was 54.5%. For comparison, the pressure rate on Patrick Mahomes during the Super Bowl was 52.5%. That's bad. Yeah. And yeah. He, he was completely blown. There were a lot of differing opinions on Max Crosby, but I think the consensus for the most part is that, yeah, he's all right. But yeah. he he made, really Raven made Max Crosby look like just the best player in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, he was he was pretty bad. And it's sad, because Kevin Zeitler's on the Ravens now, and, you know, he was one of our best O-linemen last year, or our best O-linemen last year. And, you know, it's kind of sad to see him in a situation where he's kind of back to where he was before. It's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Just, what what do we expect, then, from the Raiders this year? Because I still don't expect, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but surely they're going to at least win eight games. I, I don't know what, I just, I don't know what to make of it. They're very confusing. Yeah, I I don't know either. I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see whether, like, late-season collapses yeah. crop up again, but, you know. 
and we've got to mention it because we have been promising we'll talk about it. The Manning cast was the best thing I've ever seen. It yeah, was it was phenomenal. a little awkward to start, I will say. Yeah. But they started getting guests on. You know, I, I still have to say I love Eli's line when Ray Lewis was on. Like, would you yeah. rather have uh, Peyton's helmet filled with quarters or $10,000 <laughs> cash? When when Peyton tried to wear that helmet, which I think was just a generic <laughs> helmet, that was it's just so tiny they couldn't fit on him. And he's like, they don't make them custom for me anymore. My, my other favourite moment, they had oh. Charles Barkley on, a new, um, famous NBA player, yeah. and Peyton Manning asked him, have you ever been booed at home? And he went, I played in Philadelphia for like six yeah. years, of course I got booed at home. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it was really great. And if they kind of continue with that vibe of just like a bunch of mates hanging out, but like mates who mm. actually know more about football than anything else. Like I remember reading someone's comment that like, you could hear the tension in their voice when like they recognized a blitz on the field. Yeah. Because, like, it, you know, if you think about it, like, that's that's the, what they feared for years, being able to look on the field and see, like, ah, crap, this is going to hurt. Like, if I can't get the ball out quick, ah, I'm going to get smacked around by some, like, 250-pound monster yeah. of a human. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, keep that up. That was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, the Baltimore Ravens are 0-1. They're fourth in the AFC North. This is the last Ooh. week I get to be, be happy about that because that's not going to last. The Las Vegas Raiders are 1-0. and oh, They're first in the AFC West. Yes, that does mean they're above the Chiefs. The world makes no sense. Miami Dolphins 17, New England Patriots 16. I mean, we could talk about... Uh, I, I think most people I, viewed these sizes level. Yeah, no, uh-huh. and like, you know, this is a close game, this is a win. I assume mm. if Josh were here, he'd have more to say on it, but yeah, uh, sadly he is not this week. I um, think it's this time since Oh, jeez, yeah. I, uh, this was a close game. Congratulations on the Dolphins. I really don't have much to say on it. Oh, I do, don't worry. Devin and Jason McCourty were, were playing on different sides. To be honest, I still don't know which one's playing for who. I think Jason's on the Dolphins. and They're just the same. They're the same person. We, we talked about this last year as well when Cam Newton was playing for the Patriots. He called them twin number one and twin number one because they're just, they're the same. They're the same. In every, I think Devin and Jason McCourty don't know the difference between Devin and Jason McCourty and sometimes get confused about which one's which. But yeah, I think they're just doing that to confuse people now. I don't know if two was the answer in Miami. He had a, a pretty mediocre game, but Mac Jones... Oh my god, Mac Jones. I know week one is the biggest liar in the NFL, bar Bobby Petrino. But... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, catching so many deserved strays. Reference. But... Like, Mac Jones was incredible in this game. He yeah. lo- he looked every inch of a Patriots quarterback you would expect him to. He looked like just like a fresh-out-of-the-box Tom Brady. And, yeah. you know, it, it it's too early to anoint him the next Tom Brady just because he had a, a weird chirp pick, a topless picture. And yeah. because he played well in one game. But, God, was he phenomenal. He was genuinely fantastic. I mean, he had part, poise, you know? Yes, uh, absolutely. And, and you know, the reports coming out of pre-season training of him acting like a, an experienced veteran already and going, we're going to run these plays again until we get them right. And going through walkthroughs with his with his wife or girlfriend, whichever one it is, in, in the garden when, you know, he's not at training camp. 
he, he just seems exceptional. I, I know it's only one week, but I feel incredibly comfortable in my prediction that Matt Jones will be rookie of the year. I, I, I feel very comfortable in that. Apart from that, the yeah. Patriots were okay. There was one big problem, which we'll go into later. It, it looked like the Patriots were going to win when Jonathan Jones made that amazing grab for the interception off Tua. I don't even blame Tua for that. That was yeah. just an incredible interception. I think it bounced off like two Dolphins as well before yeah. making the no, I mean, yeah, Jones. That's, that's just athleticism. Like, you know, mm. that is just skill. Yeah. But Damien Harris fumbled the game away for New England whilst they were in field goal range. It was like, I think they fumbled twice. Both of them were quite important. If, if they don't fumble there, they probably win the game. Because they were def- they were already in field goal range, in comfortable field goal range. And that fumble sort of just blew it for them. The Dolphins were able to hold on to the ball after that for victory. Bill Belichick wasn't happy with this game, obviously, because it's a loss and he'll never be happy with a loss. And... You know, they only put up 16 points, but it's against a really good defense in the Maui Dolphins, and I, I I, think there were so many positives in this game for New England, but it's really hard to complain. And also, you've won six Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Stop complaining ever. But not thing is, thing is, he kind of needs to win one on his own as a head coach. I, I, Otherwise, I people will shriek about Tom Brady it's carrying what annoys him for the rest me of so time. Much. Yeah, I know. It's a dumb take, but, like, people will make it. Hmm. Obviously, by the way, that fumble recovery meant that it was another takeaway for the Dolphins. I think they might have also gone interception at one point. I'm not sure. But anyway, Travis Wingfield on Twitter. The Dolphins' 23-game takeaway streak is the longest in the NFL since the 2011-2013 Patriots had 36 straight games of a takeaway. Phenomenal defense. Yeah. Really underrated. Brian Flores now 3-2 and two against Bill Belichick. Is he the first good head coach to come out of a Belichick coaching tree? Because I can't, uh, I can't name any other. I mean, honestly, I will give my thought, my updated thoughts on Joe Judge this week, which are substantially less high on him than I were uh, last year. But yeah, he he might actually be, uh, except Mike Rabel, I guess. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But, any, and he I wasn't mean, a coach under man, Belichick; he was a player. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I, I question the commitment of that man to football because he wasn't willing to slice off a certain part of his anatomy for the Super Bowl, so... Uh... Yeah, I think it's too early to judge Joe, but for the most part, Brian Flores does seem like the real standout. If, if we compare him to ones who are not coaching anymore, like, well, not coaching as a head coach, like McDaniels and Patricia and Mangini and Bill O'Brien... Definitely better than all of them. The Miami Dolphins are 1-0 and o their first in the AFC East. The New England Patriots are 0-1 and one their second in the AFC East. Was that the only inter-division inter matchup? I can't think of any others. Anyway, Denver Broncos 27, New York Giants 13. Will, floor is yours. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I was at a friend's house for dinner on Sunday later, so I didn't catch all of this game. Uh, I watched up until about the half, which was good, because from what I heard, the second half uh, sucked. But yeah. uh, really, I mean, this was uh, kind of depressing, because I think a lot of uh, a lot of our bugaboos from last year, especially on the offense, don't seem to be addressed. And at this point, I can no longer blame it entirely on Jason Garrett's play calling, which was atrocious. But like, at this point, I have to look at Judge and be like, what 
is your philosophy with this offense, right? Like, what do you want to install here? Because, you know, if Jason Garrett comes to you with this heinously conservative play calling and you're not going, okay, but I want you to incorporate more down the field passes, more times where we throw it, you know, beyond the sticks, then, you know, like you need to do this, right? Like you, you need to be more aggressive with your play calling. And if he's not doing that, if he wants to tell Jason Garrett, yeah, just design like this dink and dunk offense, we're going to let our defense win games. Then I think he just, he doesn't understand the type of quarterback that Daniel Jones is, right? Or maybe he just doesn't trust Jones at all, which, I mean, I can see why you do that, but like Jones is an accurate deep passer. He has a cannon for an arm and he's a great athlete. I don't think you're going to turn him into this cerebral player where he can just dissect a defense at the glance of a hat and like throw these short, accurate passes, which are just going to chug down clock time hmm. because he isn't that player, you know, like he's obviously had problems with it from day one in the NFL, but his first year he threw like 20 odd touchdowns because Pat Shermer knew how to design a dynamic offense that made it easy for Jones to read the field and sling the ball around. Yes, Jones had a lot of turnovers, and that obviously wasn't great. But it's one of those things where, like, you'd hope that the turnovers decrease and he's able to throw a consistent number of touchdowns just off of experience in the NFL alone. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, the... According to Dan Duggan, the Giants had first downs on November 30, 22, 16, and 7 on four separate drives. They came away with from those four drives with no points. Yeah. That, that's unacceptable. Uh, it really is. And, and you know, I think one of the most indicative elements, I think, of this entire system of offensive play calling was when Logan Ryan got a takeaway on, like, yeah. the, uh, on you know, I, I think the Giants, like, three. And our plays from there were a run up the middle for two yards, a incomplete down second pass, and then a third down pass to Kyle Rudolph, who was sitting about two yards behind the uh, first down marker. Hmm. And it's just... It's so indicative of the fact that we're not willing to, like, push down the field. And we, like, we got Kenny Galladay, right? Like, we got these players who are supposed to be able to stretch the field for us, supposed to be able to allow us to make these you know, explosive plays down the field. And, you know, Judge uh, made a comment at a press conference this week that he doesn't think that Washington's defense this Thursday will allow this kind of, uh, you know, dink and dunk, uh, won't allow these offensive plays, so we're going right back to the dink and dunk. I'm like, that's not, that's not working for us, you know? Like, this is, I mean, honestly, for Judge, this is his last year as well, because if he doesn't do well this year, it's a complete cleaning of the house, right? Not only is Gettleman gone and Jones is gone, but he's going to be gone. Yeah. You know, Garrett's going to be gone. I don't know. Maybe Patrick Graham gets to get a nod, like gets to interview for the position of head coach. But honestly, mm. his defense this week was not good. I mean, the Broncos had an amazing time of possession. They had like an eight-minute drive at one point. They just carved up this soft zone that they were doing. Like, you know, Noah Fant just ran all around the middle of the field and no defenders were there to stop him. I mean, like, the defense couldn't get off of the field on third and fourth down. The Broncos converted a fourth and seven in, like, the first quarter of the game. Mm. I mean, come on, man. Like, you can't do that. 
And I'm I'm relatively high on the Broncos this year. I, I think they yeah. could arguably maybe make the playoffs if the cards fall their way, but they they looked they, the Giants made them look better than they were, to yeah. be honest. But yeah. there's hope for there's hope for Denver. Not less hope with Jerry Judy. I'll be honest, I when Jerry Judy went down I thought that was him done for the season. Just with how he how he reacted. Yeah. And I how mean it's he a high ankle sprain, so yeah, six to know. eight weeks, I think they're now saying. Yeah. For him. Which is kind of unfortunate. No, four to six but... weeks, which genuinely yeah. really good to hear. Considering yeah. what the alternative was. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I, I, I saw a lot of people praising Melvin Gordon like I, I think that's a bit over the top. He had one run for seventy yards, which was the game ceiling touchdown. I mean, I would argue the uh, Daniel Jones fumble on the run because the man doesn't know how to slide. Like, do we need to bring him like a baseball coach? Like, <laughs> hey, Danny, slide. Yeah. But yeah, people are sorry. I I, I sneezed. But yeah, <laughs> people were 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 way overestimating. But for the most part, the Broncos did look reasonably good. There there is some optimism for them, even though they play in the Thunderdome division that is the AFC. West. Anyway, the Denver Broncos are 1-0. and oh, They are third in the AFC West. Not that it really matters. The New York Giants are 0-1. Oh, they're fourth in the NFC East. Where we are going to remain for the foreseeable future. Yay. I tell you who also isn't feeling very optimistic after week one. Titans fans. Arizona Cardinals 38, Tennessee Titans 13. I, I'm still trying to process this game mentally. And we'll get on yes. to another game that I'm also trying to process mentally, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, that was... You know, I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury's seat cooled down a couple of degrees after that. Yeah. I mean, I am glad I switched my pred. That, that wouldn't have helped me this week, because uh, I did not clean up in the predictions. I'll be, um, I'll be honest, I, I went I went Titans, and my reason for going for Titans was I looked at the Cardinals secondary against Tannehill and AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and I thought, oh god, no. Because they're, they're non-existent, but they didn't need to exist, because the D-line of the Cardinals just had their way with the Titans yeah. all day long. Well, I mean, they added J.J. Watt in the offseason, which was always going to be one of those things that's like, oh, right. Like, even if you, even if he's not getting sassed, he's creating opportunities by his presence for the others. But the star man, Chandler Jones, five sacks. It was so good. Taylor Lewan, who, by the way, has been to the Pro Bowl, put on Twitter, got my ass kicked today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. He's a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah. And he's happy to say thank you for exposing me to Chandler yeah, Jones. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's Chandler Jones's um, uh, contract year as well. So he is definitely playing for a monster extension. Yeah. And the Cardinals played great defensively, but they were also just phenomenal offensively as well. Kyler Murray just kept running around and around and around until something would open and he'd make a wonderful throw, or DeAndre Hopkins would make a circus catch. His his catch yeah. in the back of the end zone were, oh, was up there yeah. with the rest this week. That was incredible. They they yeah. dominated in every in every sort of, of way. Tannehill just had no chance to throw the ball. Derek Henry didn't look like himself because he was getting stuffed most of the time. 
Yeah, I find it weird. Derrick Henry always has like one or two games a year where he just utterly disappears. And I'm wondering yeah. if that's just a thing of like playing really good personnel some weeks, like him feeling off, or maybe like some mm. teams just kind of figuring out the special sauce. Yeah. Um, Tannehill fumbled twice as well. The, the Titans, I actually, I don't even know what to make of this. I put them relatively low down my power rankings. Well, very low down my power rankings because I, I mostly based the rankings this week off this week, whereas most people base them off the past as well. But, like, I think they've just completely... I think it was just the Cardinals just stamping on them. Yeah, I do yeah, not really and... have put them too low down. You know, I think one of the things with the Cardinals is they're also no strangers to kind of like the late season collapse. Yeah. It uh, doesn't also help that they play in Thunderdome division. So like <laughs> they have to play really good teams for a really big chunk of their games, um, which may kind of inflate their loss column a certain extent. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I've put the Cardinals nine for Vision. I think I'm going to have to move them up. To yeah. be honest. But anyway, the Arizona Cardinals are 1-0. and oh. They are third in the NFC West. The Tennessee Titans are 0-1. Oh they are fourth in the AFC South. That that game was had a surprise score to it. But not as much as Green Bay Packers 3, New Orleans Saints 38. Yeah, that was... Um... I... That was wild. <laughs> I I genuinely thought this was, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you like to lock relatively closer games, I thought yeah. this was a borderline lock. I think somebody on the Around the NFL podcast locked it. Yeah. I, 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 I did uh... not see any way the Saints were going to win this game at all, and, and that happened. Yeah. That was um, weird. I mean... And, and, you know, you've got to put this in the context of the game as well. The Saints are playing in Jacksonville because they're, they're still, New Orleans still recovering from the effects of Hurricane Ida. So, you know, they've been moved around with very tough time for them. Uh, the, the Packers are coming in having seemingly patched everything up and ready to go for this season. And no, no to yeah. all of that. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. The three points scored by by the Packers were the fewest ever in a game that Aaron Rodgers started and did not have to leave due to injury. Yeah. Well, he, he was dreadful. He had a 36.8 passer rating, and passer rating's not a perfect metric, but if he had just thrown the ball into the ground on every single attempt, he would have had a marginally better passer rating. We would have been about 38. Yeah, it's not encouraging. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not, not really what you want to see. On the other hand, though, looking at the Saints, famous as Jameis's turnover breakery is out of business. It is touchdown time for Jameis. LASIK Jameis for the win, boys and girls. He had 148 yards passing and five touchdowns. Right. Pro football veterans, right. that would be the fewest passing yards in a five-touchdown game since at least 1950. The first year that we can look this up, break of a record of 158 set by Eddie LeBaron in 1962. No one has been as efficient as Jameis was. Uh, the, I think the best stat for him, though, was zero interceptions. And I think he That's provides true. a model for 
a lot of like high upside, high down, like a lot of very kind of like feast or famine quarterbacks mm. to hope that they can go to a system like they had in New Orleans where this kind of like, you know, where, where offensive genius Sean Payton and, and living legend Drew Brees mentored him for a year. Mm. And he's coming back and he's looking pretty good. The only thing Drew Brees has managed better than Jameis Winston is his hair. Yeah, yeah. Had some time to visit Turkey that, on the offseason, get that, some uh, nice hair plugs. That hair should win comeback player of the year. Yeah. <laughs> By yeah. the way, Jameis Winston. Look, helmet hair is a real problem. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Jameis, after the game, his, his post-game interview was just legendary. It was just going, you know, coach... Coach said, uh, I mean, I don't know what he said, but, you know, he said we had to be prepared and, and we, we were prepared. Just never change. You're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, yeah. the Saints didn't punt in the first half. The Packers only had, like, 21 yards total at that point. The Devontae Adams was missing. I don't think I saw him the entire game. Randall Cobb, who, you know, Rodgers absolutely banged the table for to get back, just did not I don't know if he even played at all. Yeah. And it just got worse and worse and worse as the game went on for well, for what I, what I find so hilarious is that Jameis was not exactly throwing to a uh all star studded cast of wide receivers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of them were undrafted free agents. Michael Thomas was out of the game as well due to injury. Yeah. So yeah. or whatever it is that's going on down well, there. Yeah. But, yeah, same yeah. injury that hit Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, it's my back. Oh, it's, oh. it's my daughter. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And yeah, so so in, in order going down, the highest Saints receivers, Deontay Harris, Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman, Marquez Galloway, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan still plays football. Alvin Kamara, and then the rest are negligible. But... Yeah, I mean, for most of those people, I'm really just, I'm acting like that guy at the start of Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, I'm Star-Lord. Who? Like, that's <laughs> me for most of them, you know? Like, yeah. I just... Who? <laughs> These are not household names. Yeah. My, the worst part for the Packers, I'm Roger speaking after a game, said, you know, we were just tired. It's week one. I yeah. Haven't. It's going to be an interesting season. <laughs> if you're tired, tired already. Going into week one. He looks... He was having just the worst time, just sulking oh. on the sideline. I mean, I mean, he was like he looked scarred. You have uh, to, fo- you do have to focus on the positives though. And if there is any consolation for Green Bay, the last team the Saints beat, thirty-eight to three, did go on to win the Super Bowl. That is true. So positives, <laughs> though they did not look the, the the Buccaneers did not look that bad. Yeah, that, that this could have been true. comfortably worse. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was dreadful, and you'll be stunned to hear where the Packers are in my power rankings when we get onto it. The Green Bay Packers are zero and one. They are third in the NFC North. Apparently, the Vikings' performance was worse. I don't understand how. The New Orleans Saints are one I and mean, it was the Bengals. first. That's that's fair. That's fair. They're first in the NFC South. Philadelphia Eagles, 32, Atlanta Falcons, 6. The Falcons suck, news at 11. I predicted them, but that's because I was a little too high on uh, Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts. But I was also incredibly low on, you know, the Eagles. It's been a rough That is also true. That is also true. I, I, I don't know what happened because I think, well, they were leading... Were they... 
No, no, the Eagles were leading 7-6 going into the two-minute warning. By the way, Devonta Smith, his first catch in the NFL, really impressive touchdown. So, well done. I'll be honest, I hadn't really seen a lot of pictures of Devonta Smith before he was drafted. I remember you saying he's skinny and, like, going, oh, okay. Yeah. And then I actually saw the picture of him and went, wait, that's a football player? Yes. Really? No, that, that is a football player, yes. The man who looked like he could get tackled by Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah. Oh, did you see Rodrigo Blankenship's yes. post? <laughs> yes. He's well, so, turns out him. he's not six foot one, which is taller than I would have expected of him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Go and look it up if you haven't seen it. But so so the the Falcons they'd had a bad first half because they got to the three and the nine and only kicked field goals. That's bad. It got worse because I think the big tr- turning point of this game was that final drive in the first half of the Eagles. Jalen Hurts executes a perfect two-minute offense. They they then kick the extra point, but a Falcon had committed a penalty, so it, so half a distance to the goal on the extra point. So they decided to go for two instead, up 13-6, and, and they got it to go 15-6 up at the break. And that just seemed to kill the Falcons, because they come yeah. out at the start of the second half, and they're just dreadful. Yeah. They were genuinely beyond beyond dreadful. There were no redeeming features in how the Falcons played. It's not like, oh, well, at least Matt Ryan played good or something like that, because he, he didn't. Cordell Patterson, there you go, if you want to be optimistic. But Jalen Hurts, he balled out. Pass rate of 126.4. He was really good. And also, he ran for 62 yards as well. He was fantastic. Devonta Smith had a really good game as well. I don't understand how the Falcons let this happen. Because they're, they're surely, please tell me they're not that bad. But just I I don't get it. I true. Oh, God. they might. I mean, they look, might be that bad. They they just had that wonderful series produced by Secret Base yes. and John Boyce. Um, watch it if you haven't. Though if you've watched, if you've been listening to us for any length of time and not already watched all of John <laughs> Boyce's stuff, then I, I mean, don't think I don't Josh know. has watched any John Boyce. Do we need to get the hypno toad out? <laughs> Crappy TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I, I finally started. Uh, not started. I'm on like season seven now. But like I, I watched in the off season. Oh, fantastic. Um, I've yeah, got the whole like, box of Futurama somewhere yeah, in the house. No. Like at this point, I don't know what more we can do. Like watch yeah. the stuff. But I, I should say though, quite ironic. I, I bought the Futurama box set, right? And to, about a week after I bought it, it, the whole series went onto Amazon Prime. So I just didn't need it anymore. I didn't yeah. use it again. Yeah. <laughs> but, At least it's a collector's item. It's a collector's item, yeah, absolutely. But d- does does this game does this change game change our hopes for the Eagles? Because for me it's it's no. It's just one eh, it's no. one of them games that it's just so weird you can't draw any conclusion from it. It's yeah, it's weird and they're playing the 49ers next week. We'll see if the 49ers can hold on to any form of lead, but I mean that's an actually good team, so yeah. You know. Oh, don't worry, we're getting onto the 49ers. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles are 1 and 0. They're first in the NFC East. The Atlanta Falcons are 0 and 1. They're fourth in the NFC South. I still feel like ultra negative every time I think about Super Bowl 51. Yeah. I just. I went up in the third quarter. I think it was shortly after Matt Ryan fumbled because I just knew what <laughs> oh. was going to happen. I was yeah. like, no, I'm having no part of this. Yeah. I'm not being involved. I'm yeah. not bearing witness. That's momentum, baby. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks 28, Indianapolis Colts 16. This 
I think of any game, this was the one in which the score is far lower than it than the performance would let out. I don't know if that made any sense. The Seahawks basically had the easiest game in the world and the score doesn't reflect it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just... Yeah. Russell Wilson only I... threw the ball 23 times. And he got <laughs> 254 yards off it. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Like, Tyler Lockett had a right... Had a really good game... But he only yeah. caught the ball, like, twice, and yet he still went for, like, 100 yards. Oh, no, sorry, he had four receptions for 100 yards. Uh, in one of them being my incredible catch for, for was a 69-yard touchdown or something. But I I don't know how confident we can be about the Eagles. Uh, Eagles. The Colts, on the one hand, former Eagle Carson Wentz did actually genuinely play really well, for the most yeah. part. The, the weird thing is, so ESPN has this quarterback rating start which is different from passer rating it's meant to be like more reliable that's what they say I, I don't use it because i've always used passer rating but his passer rating was 102 which is really good his quarterback rating was 26 which is dreadful yeah and don't get where the discrepancy is he did only have 6.6 I... yards per attempt which i guess but... yeah i don't i don't really know either but by the way, Jonathan Taylor, really good game. Not running the ball. 17 yards, 56... Um, 17 carries, 56 yards, which averages out to 3.3 yards per, per run. But receiving, he had six receptions for 60 yards. He was pretty much our entire offense, and the only other positive to come out of this game from them, but not running the ball, which is his main job. But receiving, he was good. But anyway... The Colts did not look that good in this game. The Seahawks looked a lot better than the score lets on. And to go back to the Manning cast, is is she called Tiara Wilson? Russell Wilson's wife. Yes. Was wearing a Seahawks designed dress at the Met Gala Bowl. And, and his, his Super, Super Bowl, Bowl ring. ring. Yes. Yeah. Which, I mean, sure, she can wear it if she wants. I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. Like, it seems a little weird, but I don't know. Like, Putin I mean, has one of his crafts. Rings. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he can do what he wants with it. Um, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick has, has at one point gone. I wonder if I can get this these rings like on like a collar for for the dog. Oh, <laughs> uh, he has an eight. That would be the most blinged out dog collar in the universe. <laughs> God, I, that would be near a million dollars. In fact, it might yeah. be over a million dollars if he put them all on one one dog collar. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a bit ridiculous. If if yeah. if lost, please turn to nope. Taking all yep. these. Yep. Ah, uh, wasn't matter. I have twenty more of them or whatever. Anyway, the Seattle Seahawks are one and oh, they are fourth in the NFC West, despite winning. Completely meaningless. The Indianapolis Colts are o and one. They are third in the AFC South. Okay, Chicago Bears 14, Los Angeles Rams 34. We talked about this with the Raiders, but nice to see fans in SoFi Stadium. It does look genuinely beautiful. Yeah, shame about the Rams logo everywhere. But, you know. Oh, God, yeah. This was this was Matt Stafford's coming out party. He looked really, really good. Um, and I will cheer for every Bears yeah. loss because we have the first round pick this year. So, <laughs> you know. See, optimism. Something to root yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were a lot of questions before about whether Matt Stafford could really execute the McVeigh offense. 
He did. Yes. He found. Yes, around. as it turns out, he, he did. found space. The, his wide receivers found space. I'm I'm sitting in Donker. I was I, I had this game on in the background whilst I was working on my dissertation mm. at ridiculous o'clock in the morning. But I'm I was in Doncaster watching this game, and I was as close to Cooper Cup as those Bears defenders were. <laughs> was I'm, I'm Van Jefferson yeah. as well, but Van Jefferson. Yeah. No one was near him. Yeah. Jesus, but what was a vaunted Bears defense a few years ago? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, Matthew they still Stafford. have a decent pass rush, you know, but yeah. apparently nothing else. Matthew Stafford in this game, 20 completions from 26 attempts, 321 yards, three touchdowns, a pass rating of 156.1. Easily the best quarterback of the week. I I think if if you haven't claimed him in fantasy, you're probably very sad about that. I, I haven't got him. I've got Patrick Mahomes, I win. But... Uh. It was, yeah, it was a sensational game. It was a sensational game from the entire Rams offense. Uh, I didn't see all of it. But, uh, a few people saying that the Bears could have had it a lot closer, but I mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. People are mad because Andy Dalton's out in the field and not Justin Fields because Justin Fields has looked pretty good when he was on yeah. for a limited amount of time. But to be honest, yeah. with how that O line performed for most of the game. Keep him off the field for as long as possible. Put him in bubble that. Just don't hurt him. He's so precious. Yeah. I, I no, worry about sad. what would happen if he went on. Andy Dalton, he's had an NFL career. But Justin Fields, it's all ahead of him. Let's preserve him. Yeah. yeah. And he, he did a football. He did get a touchdown. So, football. But for the most part, yeah, the Bears blown out. I don't think anyone's really surprised by that. I from from what I saw in the game, they weren't that good. But other people are saying they're they're better than, than they looked. Which okay, the Rams' defense for the most part they bent, but they didn't break, and that's what you'd expect and hope for. Best NFL defense last year. I don't really see any reason for that changing. The Chicago Bears are zero and one. They are second in the NFC North. <laughs> I'll be honest, I couldn't find them. Yeah. The Los Angeles Rams are 1-0. They are second in the NFC West. Let's talk about that game. San Francisco 49ers 41, Detroit Lions 33. This was a very different game to begin with. I think you said the the 49ers are easily going to score 50 points and they could score even more than that, which it did look like for most of the game. No, no, I, I genuinely thought it wasn't that crazy of a thing at one point when they were up like, what, 28 points, which I should have yeah. known as Kyle Shanahan's curse number, um, <laughs> over the Lions at one point. Oh, God. And I was like... I forgot to mention, Matt Ryan had three sacks, which collectively lost 28 yards. <laughs> the cursed digits. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, at one point I was like, oh, wow, yeah, like this, this 49ers offense is just going to run over the Lions because, I mean... yeah. Was I wrong at that point? No, like, no, I don't you think weren't. so. Um, and, and then, yeah. Going into the two-minute warning, it was 41-17. Yeah. <laughs> but, you don't play prevent defense for the second half of a game, Kyle. How often does this have to be taught to you? It was the weirdest game. So DeAndre Swift uh. runs in for a touchdown. Then they get the onside kick with the help of Kittle. Then Javid Goff, who had been playing meh 
Lee had yeah. just transformed into God and quick pass Raymond really good grab on the sideline from Groff and he had a quick pass to Cephas then Cephas an even better grab for the two point conversion so at that point with just over a minute to go it's 41-33 San Francisco cover the onside kick but then Debo Samuel fumbles which means the Lions have a late chance to tie and Jared Goff again starts executing going down the field but luckily San Fran just about stopped them before before they can get into the end zone it was Go and watch the end of this game if you can, because it was truly, truly insane. But I, I think the Lions can take a lot of pride out of how they handled the end of this game. I think Jared Goff talked about how there have been constant mentions from Dan Campbell about the culture of, of the team. And go, the culture is, is pretty damn good now. That wasn't him. But they're constantly talking about the culture. And to be honest, with how they responded at the end of this game, it looks like the culture is actually is actually quite good in Detroit. Because if I, if this game was in, in the Matt Patricia era, they don't they don't come back. They don't even no. come get close to coming back. But it's all like that resilience and that fight back, I think is something we haven't seen from the Lions in quite a long time. And for the most part, Jared Goff had a really solid game. Uh, Jamal Williams was really good running the ball. TJ Hawkinson, if you're, if you're sleeping on him, if you can get him on the waiver wire in your fantasy football league, then you absolutely should because I think he's going to be massive for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions this year. I think he's going to be phenomenal. DeAndre Swift also had a good game receiving-wise, not as good on the ground, but I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this this Detroit Lions side. Yeah, not like for it's, doing anything. It's the Detroit Lions. But like, Honestly, given the first week, if, if that's indicative of any like of, of how the year will be going for their division, who knows? Yeah, who, yeah, exactly. But, and honestly, if, if this game is indicative of how the Lions are going to play for the rest of the year, just watch them. Don't watch any other team in the NFL. Just watch the Lions every week because they're going to be the entertainers of the league. For Sam Fran, I, I think we can sort of like forgive this little moment of madness at the end of the game because for the most part, they did play really well. Jimmy Groppard had a really good game, 124.2 pass rating. Trey Lance came on and did the football. He did. He did football. Yeah, Yay. yeah. He did the football thing. Elijah Mitchell, really good running out of the backfield. Um, Debo Samuel had a really good game, 189 yards receiving. George Kittle, Barbie, uh, Boink off the face mask. He played really well as well. The defense. Uh, the defense is going to struggle this year, especially at the beginning of the season because they've lost uh, Salah, and that cannot be overstated. He was phenomenal for for that. 49ers defense, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worrying about 49ers. Yeah, no, mm. they they should be fine. Though I will say, I think Raheem Mostert going down is unfortunate for them. Yes, absolutely. How um how many weeks is he out for? Is he out for see? Oh, he might be out for season, isn't he? I, I think I wrote it down. I don't somewhere. know if they've gotten the full thing yeah season jason, ending knee surgery yeah yeah i think jason Verrett also out for the season as well so really not good one year they're gonna not be injured and it's gonna be great a pride of detroit a reporter asked panay sewell if he feels good after winning most reps against nick bosa sewell's response was i've got to win every rep <laughs> i love him he's brilliant just i will win everything all the time otherwise it's failure 
He, he's going to be fantastic for the Lions this year and for many years to come. The San Francisco 49ers are 1-0. and over. first in the NFC West. The Detroit Lions are 0-1. Get this, 0-1, first in the NFC North. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. The NFC North is the new NFC East. No, the NFC East is still the NFC East. We're a trash fair. division and no one will take it from us. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings 24, Cincinnati Bengals 27 after overtime. I, I didn't pay any attention to this game before overtime started, but overtime was great and very yeah. funny. The, 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 the Minnesota Vikings are not a likeable side at the moment with their <clears throat> opinions. And how, well, more how specifically, a couple of players. Their coach has been very adamant as to yeah. what he exactly thinks about oh, I love Mark how Zimmer. some of his players have been acting. But, Ma- yes. Mike Zimmer calls it how, how he sees it. He's yes. phenomenal. The, the overtime didn't start off great, both sides exchanging punts, but then it looked like, like Minnesota were going to win. They were moving up towards field goal position. They had the ball at the Cincinnati 38, looking good. Give the ball to Darwin Cook because he's fantastic. Oh, he's fumbled. Except, did he fumble? Because it's it's... You can't tell. No one yeah. can tell. It's one of them where if it's ruled a, you know, that he didn't fumble on the field, yeah. it would have just remained like that. And because it was ruled a fumble, it was going to remain like that. There was no definitive angle either way proving anything at all. But that meant that Cincinnati got the ball back, 1 minute 47 remaining at their own 39-yard line. And what a great... Offense executed by Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. Zach attacked y'all as they quickly marched up the field. They had that really good pass to Azuma, was it, for 32 yards. They they were able to march up the field very quickly. And then Evan McPherson kicking, I think, who was drafted, was he drafted this year, I think, kicking a 33-yard field goal to to win it for for the Bengals. And, yeah, Darwin Cook for most of the game kept quiet. Kirk Cousins should not be throwing the ball 49 times for any reason at all. And, yeah, the Bengals played really, really well. By the way, we should say, after all of the stuff that happened in the offseason and how just negative everyone was about Jamar Chase, he was really good. He was excellent. There's a really good clip of him just absolutely breaking the ankles of some poor uh, cornerback or, or safety that's covering him and just, you know, like manipulating him with his eyes, kind of fainting out and just dashing across. And it's just, it's so good. Like, turns out preseason doesn't mean Jack. Yeah, it was uh, Patrick Peterson, I think, because hmm. he's changed to the number seven. Oh, that was funny. When LSU lost to UCLA... One of the former UCL players, UCLA players on the Vikings went around handing all the LSU players um, UCLA caps. Oh, yeah. That was quite funny. Yeah, I, well, have a, I have a friend who's a big LSU fan, and he's changed his name in our group chat to uh, burn everything down. <laughs> well, what was it that Coach O said before the game? Your sissy blue shirt or whatever? Uh, something like that, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah. Can't go in and say I mean, not, that if you're going to lose. It's not really like anyone can understand what Coach O says in the first place. That's but, true. You know. 
Urban Meyer, one of the favourites for the USC job, because of yep. course, I because don't of think course. he's going to quit. It's one loss to the Texans, calm down. <laughs> I mean, it's still the Texans, so that's, they were not exactly... Very, I mean, they dropped true. 37 points on them. We will be getting to that. The uh, Minnesota Vikings are 0-1, they're fourth in the NFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals are 1-0, and they are second in the AFC North. By the way, I do really like them, Beng- them Bengals jerseys that they wore, I'm, I'm quite a fan. But yeah. it, it just looks like the colour rush from before. New York Jets 14, Carolina Panthers 19. Turns out that if you're being coached by someone only slightly more competent than Adam Gase... You can be a good quarterback in the NFL. Sam Darnold, 102 pass of 18, played really well in in this game, in his revenge game against the New York Jets. Before we go into anything else, the, the mixed reality panther that Carolina had before the game, that was, yeah, that was awesome. Cool. I loved yeah. that. Bouncing around the stadium, then jumping out of the stadium, it looked so cool. Anyway, it killed 300 people in downtown Charlotte, an economic cost of $5 million. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was really impressive, as was, for the most part, the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey is God, and I will not hear any other words yeah. about that. If if any yeah. any if any non quarterback is going to win MVP ever, it's probably going to be Christian McCaffrey because he led the team in both um, running yards and receiving yards. He he was fantastic. By the way, really nice to see Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson connect as well. The the second half, the Jets did improve. In the first half, they were dreadful, and Zach Wilson looked compl- It looked like he was seeing ghosts, but they did improve in the second half. I, I'm optimistic for Carolina. I think they can have a have a good season. I, I think Sam Darnold will improve. Not that there's any way to get any worse. But, yeah, a, a positive game for the Carolina Panthers and the Jets. You know, it's the first game of a salary. They just cool it. Yeah. Anyway, the New York Jets are 0-1. They're fourth in the AFC East. The Carolina Panthers are 1-0. They're third in the NFC South. Los Angeles Chargers 20, Washington football team 16. If you haven't seen it, look at what the Chargers tweeted after this game. Because they had... What's it? Yeah. Is it Sesame Street? The L. The L graphic. Yeah. The letter of the day is L. Yeah. <laughs> and the Washington logo, but edited to make it look like it's an L in the middle. Ryan Fitzpatrick injured in this game. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks. You know what that means? Hi, Nikki Hive! Uh, time for the Heineken Hive. Beer man good. <laughs> I, I I love him. The Chargers started really slow. Uh, apparently, they just didn't have hands anymore. Because they just kept dropping everything. But yeah, that was pretty unfortunate. did improve as the game went on. That Herbert play that was ruled a fumble. Oh, officiating. His hand, his hand is clearly going forward. It's so obvious. How are people missing this? Oh, it's so annoying. Anyway. What the hell are you going on? It was you who posted it in our chat. Yeah, yeah. I was annoyed. I, I, I was very annoyed. But anyway, the one real bright spark on, on this charge side in this game was Sean Slater, who was drafted in the first round. 49 pass blocking snaps, no sacks allowed, no hits allowed, no pressures allowed, no hurries allowed. You couldn't have asked for a better game. He, he played phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah. My favourite thing, they were talking about this on game day morning, 
when he was drafted by the Chargers, the first message he got on his phone was from Justin Herbert. And he said, Hi, Rashawn. I'm Justin Herbert. I play quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> we know. <laughs> yeah, we get it. You want rookie of the year. Jeez. Uh, I love him so much. If you can find it, read the uh, thing yeah. that Mina Kimes did on Justin Herbert because he absolutely shuns any publicity. But, but also, the charge to me off-season put up a video of how Justin Herbert avoids being filmed. I mean, honestly, I have major respect for that. I, oh, he's, he's my favorite. He's, he's my favorite non-Steelers player. He, he's phenomenal. But, yeah, a, a reasonable start for the Chargers. No one's really going to complain. First win for Brandon Staley as head coach in the NFL. The Los Angeles Chargers are 1-0. and They're fourth in the AFC West. Typical look. The the Washington football team are 0-1, their third in the NFC East. Final game then, Jacksonville Jaguars 21, Houston Texans 37. Um, yeah, this was kind of a trash fire. Yeah. But if you want a, a swift like analysis of how this game went, just look at the last drive in the first half of Houston Texans when they marched down the field with subpar talent and and scored because I think Urban Meyer as well actually, you know, deliberately tried to give the ball back to them with as much time as possible just to, I don't know. But it didn't work, whatever he was trying to do. The the Texans had three interceptions against Jaguars, which is the same number they had all of last year. That's great. And yeah. there are already stories coming out about Jags players not being happy with how Urban Meyer is conducting himself as head coach. It's been literally one game into the uh. decades-long tenure of Urban Meyer as Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Yet another uh, accomplished ho- college coach making the inevitable leap to the NFL level, like uh, Nick Saban. Yeah, Steve Spurrier. Yeah. yeah. Just going... Uh, what was that? Who is that idiot for the Eagles? Oh, Chip Kelly. Yes, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly did actually have like a winning season though, so oh, let's not true. let's not be that optimistic. <laughs> I, I um Bobby Petrino, we've already mentioned him, but let's hope he doesn't do the same thing or any of the same things because Bobby Petrino, great person. Anyway, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he looked like a rookie. made basic mistakes. Interceptions were bad of us. One way threw across the middle. The second he, he released it from his hand, I was like, that's not going to work. And it, and it didn't yeah. work, unsurprisingly. It's his first regular season loss ever. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yes, in his high school and college career. I assume he may have lost a peewee football game when he was like 12 or like 7 or something. Maybe. But anyway, the Texans top of the AFC South. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brain hurts. <sighs> yeah. No. That's no. Anyway, the Jacksonville Jaguars 0 and 1. By the way, I think this was the only other inter interdivision game. Jags 0 and 1, second in the AFC South. Texans 1 and 0, first in the AFC South. Oh, God. In all fairness, David Cully looked happy about it, obviously. He's, he doesn't, you know, he's not like a 
I don't think he's going to be a talented head coach, but he's not like a bad human being. So, good luck to him. It's nice to see that he's happy. I'm happy he's happy. Anyway, prediction scores from week one then. Some of us... I don't think it was a great yeah. week. I'm actually happy with not. my score. Josh won this week. He went ten and six with a correct lock. Um, I went nine and seven. You went eight and eight. None of us are worse than a coin. Yeah, that's good. I was pretty close though. We were all really close in our locks as well. I I locked the yeah. Buccaneers against the Cowboys. Josh locked the 49ers against the Lions, which ended up being closer than anyone would have expected. And you locked the Chiefs against the Browns. So we all did start 1-0. I'm also looking at a new variable this year, which is our lone wolf total. Uh, See how we do when we lone wolf. And so be organised, first of all, by how many lone wolf predictions you get correct. And then secondly, by percentage record i guess so josh is leading in the lone wolf battle because he inexplicably lone wolfed on eagles and saints and yet they both ended up being super correct yeah (laughs) so he's gone two and oh in his lone wolfing i went one and oh sorry will i said the broncos would beat the giants yeah no that's fair you went one and one. You said the Cardinals would beat the Titans and that... Where's your other one? Uh, Did I say the Falcons would beat the Eagles? No, but I, I said that, that as or... well. Oh. Uh, oh, you said the Jets would beat the Panthers. So... Huh. Yeah. yeah. I had higher hopes than Zach Wilson and Robert Salad. That's, that's fair. So you went one and one in your lone wolfing. Okay, week one power rankings, Ben. For the rest of each, you can go onto the Sports Blitz website. They're there in the dedicated NFL Blitz section. But first place, I'm sticking with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously beating the Dallas Cowboys on the Thursday night football. The champions underway with a winning start. Can't really complain about that. Second, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. They had a really tough opponent in the Cleveland Browns. Struggled in the offset of that game, but they did Turn it around in the end, they had an impressive win against a tough opponent who will be challenging them for the AFC crown, so that's really commendable. And in third, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who of course surprised many by beating the Buffalo Bills. And I think it shows Pittsburgh's promise for this season, where they can get their ceiling, is fighting for the AFC title. So fingers crossed for the rest of the season, this game does deliver a lot of promise. At the other end, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 30th. Yes, only 30th. They did lose to the Houston Texans, and that's bad. Very bad. But it wasn't like a complete blowout. It wasn't... I I mean, if you look at the teams talent-wise, you'd probably say the Jags are a bit better, but, you know, it's relatively close. And, you know, uh, there would have been some people who... You could reasonably have made the case for the Texans winning. So it wasn't like the worst thing ever. 31st, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers because, good God. They they were genuinely dreadful. That might be the worst performance a Rodgers-led Packers side have ever produced, ever. So, really, really deserving of that, I feel. Like I said, I'm mostly based the power rankings this week off... This week alone, there was very little that, you know, I carried over from from the past. 
But yeah, for that reason, the Packers, I think, were in the second worst performance of the NFL this week. I'm 32nd. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons because losing, being blown out by a good side of New Orleans Saints is bad. Being blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles, who have had a really bad offseason, is just so much worse. Just so, so, so much worse. And yeah, really big questions about the Atlanta Falcons now and if they can recover from this already. And they're not unreasonable questions to ask. So, yeah, it's looking really bleak for the Falcons at the moment. And that's why they're the first team to be bottom of the 2021 power rankings. Anyway, it's now time to go into week two of the NFL season. We're going to go around the virtual room and preview some games, maybe all games, from week two of the NFL season. We'll be predicting as we go along, and when we come to one team who we think are guaranteed to win, we'll be locking that team up. We're going to only do this once per week. Will, what game do you think is best from week two of the NFL season? You know, I really am going to have to say the... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Cowboys-Chargers, honestly. Cowboys-Chargers, nice. Yeah. I think this is going to be two absolute offensive powerhouses slamming into each other at high speed and i'm really eager to see what probably is going to be like a 45 38 game or something like it is i i imagine this is going to be high scoring which obviously now that i've said it means that this is going to be a grinding defensive slugfest but and i think a lot of the other games this week are just kind of eh, yeah you know i'm, I'm not like this good of most of them yeah, but I, I don't really think, like, this is the one I think is the closest that I think has, like, two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL with Dak and uh, Justin Herbert. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it should be an exciting game. I think both of them, obviously, really good quarterbacks. The defenses on both sides, uh, well, the Dallas defense, mediocre. The Chargers defense could be the big difference in this game because, obviously, they're, they're relatively good defense. I think they were top 10 last year. And with Brandon Staley there, they should only be getting better this season. It, it should be a really exciting game. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think a really close game as well. I I, I think it'll be, I think I think it will be close. The 0 and 1 Dallas Cowboys travel to the 1 and 0 Los Angeles Chargers. I'm taking a Chargers win. Yeah, no, I'm also going to take the Chargers win here. I think generally I'm higher on Herbert than I am on uh, a lot of players on the. Cowboys roster, maybe Ezekiel Elliott can finally get back into his groove and make that feed me tattoo less of a waste of money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll see. Okay, so I'm going to go on to my game of the weekend. I think the other one that really stands out for me, Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens. Anytime you get to watch Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's, it's a good time. And him going up against Lamar Jackson, two of the more intriguing quarterbacks or more entertaining quarterbacks in the NFL I worry about how Baltimore will cope, if only because their O-line is bad and Kansas are good at, like, everything. Yeah. Obviously, there's not really much more to, to analyse because it's week two. We've only had one week of stuff to go off. But the Chiefs, you know, they can perform against any side of the NFL. The Ravens, really, I, I don't think anyone's really expecting them to, to win, per se, but they need to put up a good performance after, after how they coped towards the end of that game against the Raiders. They just need something, anything to show that they're going to be that side we expect from them at the start of the year. The 1-0 Kansas City Chiefs traveled to the 0-1 Baltimore Ravens. I'm taking a Chiefs win. Yeah, I'm also going to take that Chiefs win there. That Ravens side was a little disappointing. And yeah, I just, I think 
the Chiefs are a good enough team to kind of prevent the Ravens from executing plan A. Yeah. Okay, next game then. I will have to pick Bills Dolphins. Bills Dolphins, good pick. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think this is two teams who uh, are really good. You know, it'll be interesting to see again how the Bills offense works against what I think is a, a sneakily good defense, like you've said. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, it'll be good to see how the, the Bills work against that type of defense again. Um, I look forward to seeing how the Dolphins do. Yeah, absolutely. And they've beaten the Patriots. And, you know, we sort of thought the Dolphins and Patriots were on a similar level. The Bills sort of seen as, like, in the tier above the Dolphins and Patriots. So if you can get a win here, then that will really be a, a massive statement. And it will be quite worrying for the Bills because they'll have gone 0-2 to start the season if that happens. And I, I think it will be incredibly close as well. This, this is definitely a really good game. The the Bills defense, not the best in the NFL, but to a, he really needs to up his game from week one. I don't think he was that good. I think he only had a pass rate to like 82. So, signs of improvement needed in this game for sure. The 0-1 Buffalo Bills travel to the 1-0 Miami Dolphins. I'm taking a Bills win. I'm actually going to take the Dolphins to win on this one. Ooh. I think their defense is going to be pretty stifling, and I'm I'm high on this team. You know, like I think it could do well, and I think Tua. I think he's been getting a lot of flack, and I just I don't know. Maybe I just want him to do well, but you yeah, know, I think he could do pretty well. Okay, final game I'm going to talk about in in depth. We haven't talked about these games in depth. I've had no time to prep any notes for any of these, and that is quite obvious. So I'm going to take Tennessee Titans as Seattle Seahawks. The Titans just... If, if we'd been talking about this game last week, we would go, oh, yeah, really close, intriguing matchup. Now it's like, uh, the Titans yeah. are... Mm, they just need to show signs of life in this game. We expect them to get into the playoffs. We expect them to win the AFC South. Even though they've got a big challenge from them. Voted Texans, eh? Oh, toughie. But... They just need to show anything. They just need to show that they can do football competently. Fingers crossed. And of course, they're going up against a really strong offense uh, led by Russell Wilson. The, the defense last year for, for the Seahawks wasn't the best in, in the league by, by any any measure. Let's see, they ranked... Oh, they ranked 15th in something. I don't know what the thing is that it's ranking it in. Yeah, 15th in, in points conceded and 22nd in yards so that's not great but they yeah. just they need to show something anything I, th I, I think the game unless you know we get another shock and the titans just prove it make no sense at all i'm pretty confident in where i think this game's going but i am more intrigued to see how the titans cope after how last week went so the 0-1 tennessee titans travel to the 1-0 Se seattle seahawks I'm taking a Seahawks win. Yep, same here. Okay, let's go for the rest of the fixtures then in order of when they're happening. That means we go to the Thursday night football, New York Giants at Washington. Will. Uh, look, I know we've been really good against Washington in the past, and I know they're playing Beer Man, but Beer Man is actually surprisingly good as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And Daniel Thank Jones, I, yeah, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is capable of progressing through his reads like an nfl quarterback so uh i'm taking the washington win yeah no actually mm, 
Yeah, I'm taking the Washington win. I, I'm I'm relatively confident on on Washington this year. I don't think it's an, it's an outlandish thing to say that they could make the playoffs, even with the greatest quarterback of all time, Heineke Hive. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know about the Giants this year. I I mm, fingers yeah. crossed though. I, I'm rooting for you, but yeah, the own one Giants traveling to the own one Washington football team. I'm taking a Washington win as well. Next game, wish I'd put the fixture list up on my screen. Cincinnati Bengals at Chicago Bears. Uh, no one's going to be watching this. Bengals? Like the Bengals Please? are... I mean, I'm predicting them mostly because I really, really, really want them to win. I mean... Oh, yeah. I want the Bears point. to suck this year. Yeah, so I forgot about We that. are manifesting it. Andy Dalton on his revenge tour against yeah. his former employer he will almost certainly be starting the the bears i guess are the better side the the bengals had to play the vikings last week so you know it doesn't really mean much the 1-0 cincinnati bengals traveling to the own one chicago bears i'm taking a bears win houston texans at cleveland browns oh the fun stops here boys yeah this should if this isn't an absolute spanking of the texans then the browns have other issues yeah they they obviously disappointing loss to to kansas last last week their reward is a a team just to beat up on i have no optimism for the texans and that's going to come through clearly the one and oh texans travel to the and one browns i'm locking browns yeah, uh, I'm taking the Browns to win this one. My lock is a, a slightly different team. Yeah, in the sense that it's a different team. Yes. Not a slightly different team. Unless yes. it's the... Actually, I guess the team who are slightly different to the Cleveland Browns are the Cincinnati Bengals, considering they're yeah. designed to almost be a rip-off but, of but them. But no, that's that's not where... That would be a very dumb idea. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams at Indianapolis Colts. Well, we all thought Matthew Stafford was going to go to the Colts last year. So, you know, we get yeah. to see what it's like when he plays in Indy. Apart from that, like I said last week, the Seahawks, I don't think are as good as the Rams. And I think the, the Seahawks were a lot more dominant against the Colts than the score would originally let on. So I'm not optimistic about how the Colts are going to do against the Rams. The one and oh, Los Angeles Rams travel to the 0 1 Indianapolis Colts. I'm taking a Rams win. Yeah, also going to take that Rams win. Yes. New England Patriots at New York Jets. I think Robert Saleh is going to turn the Jets around and Zach Wilson's going to be a really good quarterback and they're going to, you know, ascend upwards in, in the NFL. Just not this week because they're playing the Patriots and Mac Jones yeah. is terrifying. It turns out. So Yeah, I'm kind of on your but I'm kind of on your bandwagon there. I do like Robert Sala. I think he'll be a great head coach. I think Zach Wilson has a lot of potential to be Mormon Jesus in the NFL. But um you know, not this week. Yeah. The Owen One New England Patriots travel to the Owen One New York Jets. I'm taking a Patriots win. Yeah, taking that Patriots win. Okay, San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles. One one team had a blowout win in week one, and one team had a close win in week one, and they're the wrong way round. Yeah. Uh, I still don't yeah. get it. 
I don't know. Maybe it's time to come back to planet Earth of Philadelphia Eagles. For 1-0 San Francisco 49ers travel to the 1-0 Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking a 49ers win. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking the 49ers win. <laughs> anyway, oh boy, am I nervous for this one. Las Vegas Raiders at Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, obviously, with a very impressive win last week against the Buffalo Bills, really showing their potential for what they can do this year in the AFC. I think if everything goes right, they can you know, really compete for the conference, though that requires everything going right. And normally this would mean beating a team like the Las Vegas Raiders, but, of course, last week the Raiders put in a very impressive performance on the Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. They looked strong. The D-line looked really good against the Ravens' O-line, and that's going to be a big problem, considering that as much as we can take the mess out of Alejandro Villanueva, because he's dreadful as a player... It's not like Max Crosby is going to have a significantly harder time against Chuck Soka for. It's quite worrying how the Steelers O-line are going to do in this game. And, you know, if the offense stall and Derek Carr gets going on the other side of the ball, it could be a, it could be a win for the Raiders. I, I am less confident about this game now because of how the Raiders did. But then again, as we know, week one is a liar. That could be true for the Steelers. That could be true for the Raiders. So... It's a real close game. I think it's going to be a really intriguing game. And if the Raiders want to show how good they are, um, that they can make the playoffs and maybe become a competitor, then beating the Steelers at Heinz Field would be a real statement win for them. And they could get that. So it should be a close matchup. It should be an intriguing matchup. I am really nervous. I really want the Steelers to show just how good they are in this game. I want to show, I want the defense to show just how dominant they can be once again. The offense to show that you know they're not going to be repeating the mistakes and traumas of last season. The one and O Las Vegas Raiders travel to the one and O Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking a Pittsburgh win. I am also going to take that Steelers win. I think your defense is good enough that it can stifle Derek Carr. Yeah. Uh, and that Raiders offense. Yeah. New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. Well, the two best quarterbacks in the league finally face off. Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston. Let battle commence. I I am actually genuinely looking forward to this game. I think it'll be a really intriguing matchup. I think it will be very funny. It will be very funny. I There's no way this game isn't going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> anyway... And also, it's worth saying that the two sides who are really strong on offense, seemingly, and two sides who... I think actually Carolina do have a good defense, don't they? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not prepped. I'm not prepped. The 1-0 New Orleans Saints travel to the 1-0 Carolina Panthers. I'm taking a Saints win. Also going to take that Saints win. Let's see how LASIK Jameis turns out 60 yards, six touchdowns. Calling it. it. There's going to be one day where he throws for a combined five yards and gets ten touchdowns. I'm, I just, I'm, it's going to happen. Just, just a collective shovel pass for like ten <laughs> times on the goal line to a wide receiver. Yeah, that's going to be his entire game, and he'll win MVP. <laughs> Denver Broncos at Jacksonville Jaguars. Like I said, I, I do genuinely think the Broncos are are a reasonably good side of the NFL. With oh, I didn't say it. <clears throat> Vic Fangio. Finally get to say that again. The NFL uh, season's back now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville hosting a game that has their actual team playing at home this week. So, 
that's good. The the homecoming of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Again, just show signs of life. Just show competency, and people will be happy about that. Because yeah, don't expect anything more. The one and zero Denver Broncos travel to the own one Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm taking the Broncos win. Also going to take that Broncos win. You know, steady Teddy's been looking pretty good recently. Uh, so oh, he, yeah, he yeah, steady Teddy's going to win MVP. By the way, that adds to I don't know if if that's yours, but it adds to your excellent collection of of names for people in the NFL. Yeah, I also had uh, Bridge QB over Troubled Water for <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, so, you know. That, that is a fancy football name if I've ever heard yeah. of one. Minnesota Vikings at Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if the Cardinals want to be taken seriously at all, this should not be a close game. It, it really should. Chandler Jones is just going to have one hell of a time. The 0-1 Minnesota Vikings travel to the 1-0 Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals win. Uh, yeah, also going to take that Cardinals win. And also going to say about Chandler Jones, may want to actually wear a mask during that game. If he's going to be stacking Kirk Cousins that That's much, that close, like, close interpersonal contact may not be a great idea. Yeah, get that PPE. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, this is my lock, by the way. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done doing close games. I lose or am close to losing too many times. Yeah. Watch your life. Watch the Falcons are gonna win by forty. If that points. happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off of my roof. <laughs> oh, thank you for giving me the cold open sort for next week. No, anyway, <laughs> no. The only one Atlanta Falcons drops to the one and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking a Bucks win. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a Bucks win, and I'm locking this one in, baby. I was so close to locking this, but I thought I locked Bucks last week. I'll. Variety is the spice of life. Final game then: Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. If the Packers don't win this convincingly, it's time to trade Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Jesus it's Christ! Time. Yeah, no, it, it it would be time just to to blow it up. It's yeah. over. Yeah, o- the Aaron Rodgers era is finished. The Jordan Love era has begun. <laughs> Jared Goff making his case for NFL MVP. By throwing for 400 yards against the Packers, calling it Ryan. Or he'll do what Jameis did. He'll throw 100 yards but get 27 touchdowns. <laughs> One of the Again, two. just a collection of shovel passes. <laughs> Again, just shovel passes. And like, yeah. and like, and like one five-yard out route. <laughs> you know, just to mix things up a bit. Yeah. To TJ Hawkinson. The own one Detroit Lions travel to the own one Green Bay Packers. Jesus Christ, I'm taking a Packers win, but if... Oof. I'm taking a Packers win as well, but this one could be very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this one could... Line 70, Packers nil. What? Do, do, do we just demolish Lambeau? <laughs> I think point. it just happened on its own. Like, there'd be some protocol put in Lombardi's grave that automatically blows up Lombardi Field if that happens. Or Lambeau if that happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's all the time we have on the NFL Blitz. Thank you for coming on. Always happy to be here, Alex. It's always nice to have you here. The NFL was back. We can finally the talk NFL about it. The NFL is back, baby. Yes. Bring on week two. And that is all the time we have on the podcast today. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week to talk about everything from week two of the NFL season. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward. Don't just have a good week like the best play in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye. Goodbye.